there are lots of ways we know things. The results of a scientific experiment or a mathematical proof. Experience, deduction, induction, rumor, a trusted source or authority, tradition, belief. Each of those has its strengths and weaknesses. Each can work or let you down. The desire to know, and moreover to collect what's known in a tidy but all-encompassing package, is ancient. Pliny the Elder gets credit for the first we know of, the Historia Naturalis, finished just a couple of years before he gave his life exploring intriguing clouds over what turned out to be Mount Vesuvius, proving this work is riskier than it looks. Hundreds, thousands more in untold forms and languages, Francis Bacon, Diderot, the Britannica, and on and on, have followed down the centuries. As we all know, encyclopedias aren't what they used to be, and likely never will be again. That's due to the one you're thinking about, sure, but the real story goes a bit further back, only a few months earlier, with the launch of an online effort which, although it didn't quite work out the way it was intended, did pave the way for that other one, and posed an age-old challenge for a new millennium. Knowing how we know what we know. A document that changed the world, the Newpedia, a web-based encyclopedia project co-created by Larry Sanger and Jimmy Wales. 2000. I'm Joe Janes of the University of Washington Information School, and that's Newpedia as in N-U-pedia. N-E-W-pedia is an obvious mishearing, even though that's not how it was named. We'll get to that in a second. The pedia part is easier. It's part of what lexicologists would call a back formation from encyclopedia, which itself comes from inkiklios paideia, erroneous Greek for general education, what a learned person should know. This particular pedia emerged from the early heady days of the web, as well as the open source movement, dedicated to fostering freely shared software and other intellectual works, including the GNU operating system, G-N-U, which Newpedia might have been sort of named after. It was the joint brainchild of two outsized figures of the Internet age, Jimmy Wales, the former option trader who carefully pasted updates into his World Book Encyclopedia as a kid, and Larry Sanger, the doctoral student in epistemology who was casting around for something to do post-Y2K. It's difficult to separate their various roles and contributions, not to mention separate versions of events, and stronger people than I have gone mad trying, but here's a thumbnail. Larry was hoping to build a highly reliable peer-reviewed resource that fully appreciated and employed the efforts of subject area experts as well as the general public. Jimmy wanted to build something that would take advantage of the aspects of the Internet he thought most valuable and salient, freedom, interactivity, the power of the open source movement, and even fun to distribute a free encyclopedia to every single person on the planet in their own language. They were probably doomed from the start. Newpedia had worthy aims and in many ways tried to replicate the authority structures and systems that print encyclopedias and other respectable sources use, including an advisory board and a core set of experts and editors with appropriate backgrounds and pedigrees, a seven-step peer review and editing system, and so on. 
They had connected online via their mutual interest in philosophy, particularly Ayn Rand's objectivism, which tells us, among other things, facts are facts, independent of any consciousness. No amount of passionate wishing, desperate longing, or hopeful pleading can alter the facts. This gets reflected in early Newpedia rules, insisting on integrating multiple viewpoints to achieve a lack of bias or perspective. Larry established and promulgated these initial rules in early 2000, and they generated considerable interest and participation. The first article to be completed on atonality, complete with 14 footnotes, 27 references, and a discography, was finalized that September. It was, though, an excruciatingly slow and laborious process, which produced a grand total of fewer than two dozen entries in that first year. Jimmy tried to write one on a topic he knew well, options pricing theory, and said it felt like homework. Not a good sign. Somewhere around New Year's Day of 2001, and here the stories diverge again, one of them, or maybe both, got the idea of using a wiki, essentially a website that could be edited by anybody, as a way to kickstart the slow pace to improve workflow and efficiency. Larry sends out an email to the mailing list with the now famous subject line, Let's make a wiki, and calling it an idea to add a little feature to Newpedia. If only he suspected. Initial reaction was lukewarm. The Newpedia faithful felt it was a bit too informal and unstructured. But nonetheless, Wikipedia.com, the .org came later, was launched on January 15, 2001. Within a day, the first article on the letter U was up. Within two weeks, there were 600 articles, more than 1,000 by mid-February, more than 20,000 within the year. Wikipedia is a classic example of unforeseen consequences. Obviously, the Wikipedia quickly overshadowed its ancestor. Newpedia was effectively shut down by 2003. Larry had been laid off by Jimmy's company the year before, though Larry's personal vision of a reliable, contributory online encyclopedia persisted, launching the infelicitously named Citizendium Project in 2007, which met a roughly similar fate. Jimmy, of course, became the world-famous, if occasionally uncomfortable, god-king of Wikipedia, and their messy breakup has been sport for internet historians and gossip mongers ever since. If not for the Newpedia, and moreover the creatively volatile combo that was Larry and Jimmy, it seems likely something like Wikipedia would have been developed, it was all in the air at the time, but how big, how popular, how transformative, we shall never know. Traditional encyclopedias have relied on long publishing histories, established track records, authors with impressive credentials chosen by thoughtful editors, attempting to assemble and shape a coherent package representing the state of our knowledge. Wikipedia goes exactly the opposite way. Let everybody have a crack at it. And what emerges is what we know. The increasing calcification and bureaucracy that Wikipedia has suffered in the last several years aren't surprising. Bottom-up work isn't as easy or as easy to manage as it sounds. Print encyclopedias are stable. 
what's on page 976 of volume 9 will be there tomorrow as it was yesterday, which is reassuring if problematic in a world that changes all the time. With Wikipedia, it's never quite so sure. You can't access the same Wikipedia twice, not only because the reality it's trying to represent is changing, it's changing as well. It's one thing to know that the world changes, it's another not to be able to find the same fact again, maybe because it's not a fact anymore, or because some editor or committee or flame warrior decided it just shouldn't be there anymore. And don't even get me started on their preference for verifiability over accuracy or truth. This seems somehow more arbitrary than the top-down approach, or perhaps just differently arbitrary. It's either one expert's judgment, bias, prejudice with an editorial infrastructure to catch or reinforce it, or it's lots of people with varying judgments and biases, and axes to grind, who somehow have to come, on, come to consensus on what's what. Which of course was ever thus, and also true for all the other encyclopedias ever created. Knowledge is socially constructed, and comforting as it might be to believe that facts are facts, it's not that simple, not by a long shot. No fact exists in a vacuum, never has, never will. Yesterday's fact can be today's misunderstanding and tomorrow's superstition, or vice versa. If you know that witches cause disease or famine, then executing them to purify and safeguard your community makes perfect sense. On the other hand, if you know that little unseeable bugs cause disease, spending large amounts of money and time to cure and prevent them makes sense. At least until some new knowledge comes along. There have been imagined visions of similar tools or projects. In the 1930s, H.G. Wells saw his world brain idea as a means of forestalling totalitarianism by promoting universal understanding. The Encyclopedia Galactica features in Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, as well as in Carl Sagan's Cosmos, and a work by that same name is the stodgy foil to the much hipper Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy about which it is said, though it cannot hope to be useful or informative on all matters, it does make the reassuring claim that where it is inaccurate, it is at least definitively inaccurate. In cases of major discrepancy, it was always reality that's got it wrong. Uh, by the way, did I mention this is episode number 42 of my series? Like it or not, there's nothing new here, and it's true for each of us and for all of us. We construct knowledge, individually and societally, in a messy, bumpy, uneven, imperfect, ever-changing process. And ultimately, that knowledge changes us as well. And as it's always been, who gets to say, and how and why we say it, matters profoundly.